Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Coffee Web Podcast. Mateta. Jordan Ayo goes for goal. Oh! And how? In some style, too. What a strike that was. Out of absolutely nothing. Here comes the corner, it's a dangerous one, and it's headed home! And Everton are level. Amadou Anana rises and gets Everton on level terms. The substitute has delivered. Hello Blues, it's the Toffee Web Podcast. We're back for the first time in a couple of weeks. As we record, there's still no news of the independent panel's decision on Everton's appeal against their 10-point deduction handed down by the Premier League in November. All the while, the games go on with no one at all clear how many points the Blues have, how many Nottingham Forest might end up with, or whether Everton will lose even more. Uh, the whole situation is weighing the club down, something that I think you could feel by all accounts at Goodison on Monday night a sense that either contributed to or was compounded by a dreadful performance that I suppose at least yielded a 1-1 draw thanks to another late set-piece goal, this time by Amadou Anana. Uh, I'm Lyndon Lloyd, joined by Adam McCulloch and Paul McParlin. Uh, Adam, I'll come to you first and then Paul uh, can chime in. It's eight games without a win now in the league, without a goal scored from open play in 10. Uh, you don't have to go back all that far to when we won four on the bounce, put three past Newcastle, two past Chelsea, ran Spurs very close on their patch in a game we really didn't deserve to lose. I mean, we've talked a lot as a collective on this pod about the role that a number of factors have played uh, in results and performances over the past few weeks. I won't reel them off in case you want to raise some of them in your answer, but I mean, it, it's clearly a challenging time for the club on and off the pitch. Nevertheless, I think... I mean, even though we've seen the movie that played out on Monday night many times before, I think we all expected a lot better in terms of a display, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. And I think particularly against such an insipid and poor-looking Crystal Palace side, and I think that was where a lot of the frustration was born from. Obviously, we can point to matters off the pitch and the huge, huge feeling of uncertainty going into this week. Certainly ahead of the weekend, we were all wondering 
was there going to be an announcement by Friday? Um, then it turned to, well, it's probably not going to be Monday in case there's open revolt. And that shadow that's been cast over the club, well, we all know the effect that that's going to have. Certainly on the fan base, as much as the players, I know James Garner alluded to that in his, um, well, in some of his remarks at least. But in terms of that performance on Monday night, let's look at it in isolation just for a second. Um, my one word review when I was making a couple of words, uh, writing a couple of words down for today, um, was shite. Uh, it, it was shite. Uh, there was, <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> there was absolutely... And, and I've, I've tried since to work out some positives from there, and I, and I, and I guess we'll try and do that because we, we do try and skew more towards the glass half full brigade. But um, on Monday, it was a glass full of just despair really it was it was so so flat and I think that's what really angered me at half time was that in, in particular and at full time to some extent there was there was a little sense of relief because we were so bad yet we still got something out of the game but at half time in particular the feeling was that we were playing aside struggling with injuries who were clearly completely lacking in confidence themselves who've obviously had a, a strange week off the pitch as well, I guess, with Roy Hodgson and then a, a new manager being announced just ahead of the right. game. Yeah. And so if you wanted a perfect time to play Crystal Palace at home, that was that was it. That was the ideal, ideal set of conditions. And we played like an away side. We played so passively. Um, it was kind of shocking at the end of the game to see how much of a ball we had, although... It was easy to forget at times because we we used the ball so badly at the back, just constantly recycling it, and then occasionally a, a really sad stray diagonal ball that sometimes came off, but more often than not didn't. Yeah, we looked like we wanted rid of the ball at times. Um, no one really grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck in the way that you'd expect a home side to do. And <sighs> Palace in that first half looked like the ones who would create something and that was that was really saying something because they, they were dreadful they were really really poor I think they, they were probably counting the chickens when they realized probably 10 or 15 minutes in that Everton didn't look like they were going to lay a glove on them and as I say but the fact that we did get that towering set piece out of from Anana is a small miracle really because we we just didn't look like we were going to score um not a happy bunny really how, how did you see it Paul yeah, pretty much the way, the way that you saw Adam, I think if it highlights the feelings of most fans of the game extremely well. Um, I think from my perspective, uh, I always worry before the game when there's feelings of optimism amongst the fan base that we're going to win. And all the pre-match hype was, this is a game we're going to win, it's going to have to win. Everything says before us, Paris are in disarray, the manager's left, and they got played. No, there's no Eze, there's no Elise, and it just looked on paper like this was the golden opportunity to you know, cut the gap between us and Paris to two points from five. And, and that always starts to worry me. As you're closer to the stadium, I was feeling more and more pessimistic, not by going the other way around. And it was just because even the conversations on the way to the stadium were, oh, well, we've got to beat them 2-0, we've got to beat them 3-0. And I just felt, you know, it never works out like that for Everton, does it? It was, compound, it was compounded when I saw the team selection. When I saw the right flank was going to be Ashley Young and Ben Godfrey, I just thought, well, that's going to be easy for Palace to deal with. This There's absolutely no issue there whatsoever. And it was kind of the way the game transpired, I thought. I thought within about 10 minutes, as you said, Palace realised they actually they didn't have to work that hard to get a result there. And I think their the, the strategy of playing three centre-backs effectively took Calvert-Lewin out of the game. As comparing our forwards' performance with, with, with Jordan Ayew, I don't particularly rate Jordan Ayew as a forward, but he always seems to play well against Everson. Yeah. And for he one, what he did really well was he held the ball up every time he got the ball. He didn't get possession away cheaply. He hung on to it. He brought players in. And every time we had possession at the back, he chased our defenders down. I was looking at looking at him thinking, there's no our team doing that. There's nobody putting Paris under pressure. The young Godfrey combination was summed up for me in the first half when Ben Godfrey starts at what, what looked like a really promising run down the flanks. He got to the halfway line and Ashley Young it almost intercepted him, took the ball off him and then lost it. And you just thought, oh, I mean, who on earth thought that was a good idea to play those two together? So, yeah, it was a totally dispiriting performance from start to finish. And, and I really uh, couldn't see how 
but if we're going to get a goal back because we weren't getting many set pieces. Then we got three corner kicks throughout the whole game. I thought Dwight McNeil looked one pace once again throughout the whole match. James Garner had one of his most inconsistent performances I'd seen for a while. And you mentioned before, Adam, about somebody taking a grip of the game. There appears to be nobody on the team who wanted to do that. So, like yourself, I was incredibly relieved when we got that equalising goal. Uh, I'd had a ride to that. It's about time Onana's got started getting a few headers in for corners like that, given the size and the height. Uh, but, yeah, the, the goal was welcome nonetheless. And when you left the stadium, yeah, it was a feeling of, well, A, it could have been a lot worse. B, Palace could have been eight points clear of us. And effectively, almost out of thought of reach. And at least we didn't lose. We kept the gap to five points. And you left the ground with a very, very peace modicum of hope because it could have been, and probably should have been, so much worse. Hmm. Yeah. I think if you're Palace, you're really gutted that you didn't actually go on and yeah. win that game. You know, having gone ahead because it, it it had that that sort of, as I say, we've seen this movie before. It had that sort of time old Everton thing where you know we've had a few chances and not converted anything, and then the other team goes and scores, and then we end up just you know losing one nil. So, I mean, it's it's credit to the to the um, the mentality and the spirit of the players that just as they did against Spurs, they came back and you know scored a late a late set piece goal um, because set piece goals is apparently all we can do right now. But I mean. I mean, football, football is a simple game. That's a Deichism in itself, isn't it? Um, but I think there's a danger sometimes of making it too simple. Too simple. I mean, in the Premier League, you need to be able to adapt. You need to be able to both your, your setup and your personnel, particularly, I mean, in this circumstance where Palace have gone with a, with a back three. Uh, you know, the, the fact that we didn't really make any allowances for that at halftime, let's say, where you can, you know, maybe go go match them like for like, or just find a different way of, of trying to get through, which is, you know, it's a big back line. Calvert Lewin, I actually thought played fairly well. I was critical of him the previous week. I think he did everything you could ask of him against three big lads back there. You know, particularly, I think, you know, Joel, Joel Ward had a really good game, unfortunately. Um, you know, he's a, he's a versatile player who actually, uh, played out of his natural position, which I suppose is, is right back. He actually performed really, really well, whereas I don't think you could say some of the the, the same for some of our players. Um, I mean, there's no question that, I mean, as we said, Palace, with the run of form that they've been on, uh, with them missing, missing their four best players, they were there for the taking on Monday. I mean, um, you know, Deitch admitted that he benched Harrison to freshen things up, but playing in his place a 38-year-old, who offers so little going forward as it is. It's the kind of it's just the kind of uber cautious, overly conservative approach that drives me nuts. And it's eventually I mean, it's what eventually brought us to the point where we just had enough of David Moyes. And I think the West Ham fans are, are kind of in the same boat, you know, regardless of, of the achievements that he's had down there. And as you said, Paul, that starting eleven, that fed into the crowd's demeanor and contributed, I think, very much to that to that flat atmosphere because I think you can you can you can almost prime the pump for a good atmosphere with a really a positive team selection. You know, we've we've had to watch some really, really dull football lately, but if you put, let's say, a Nathan Patterson or a Lewis Dobbin on that right wing and tell them to have a real go at what is, you know, a, a struggling team and a and a, a patched up team, I guarantee you to give them something for the crowd to get behind. And I think as you saw you know, the, the improvement in the performance when Young went off and Harrison came on uh, was there to be seen because for all Harrison's kind of deficiencies in the final third, he at least offers energy and he's prepared to take a man on. Um, you know, he, he was a bit hit and miss with his crosses, but he put in one of the best deliveries of the game after he came on. Deitch clearly has his reservations about Patterson, but I mean, they can only really be in terms of his defensive ability because he can be really good going forward. I mean, he has as many assists as Decore, for example, this season. He's, you know, he set up that uh, obviously that one goal for Beto at the end of a game. That game against Newcastle feels like a lifetime ago. You know, I mean, the, you, you contrast that thirty-pass move that yeah. we put together against Newcastle with what we witnessed on Monday. It's like a different team, and it's mostly yeah. the same players. So, you know, the, and then you know, to going sort of expanding on the simplicity theme, it's the it's it's the mind-numbing simplicity. And I think we'll, you know, I'll, I'll be charitable and use that word rather than um, Sunday League or, or National League. I've seen both references to, to that performance, um, you know, about how it's, about us going forward. Because he, the standard play really just seems to have devolved in recent weeks. I remember we were debating on, on this pod sort of the merits of, 
of Deitch being appointed last year when it was still between him and Bielsa. And I think the big knock against Deitch was the brand of football that he's known for. And my worry is that we're not seeing any evidence right now that they actually work on moving the ball in training, that they actually work on any passing drills whatsoever. In fact, I, I mean, I wonder why they do at Finch Farm at all sometimes, you know, apart from running <laughs> drills and set pieces. Now, again, there's this whole host of challenges and factors that, that, that Deitch is having to work against. But my question for you fellas, and whoever wants to jump in, you know, first can do so, is, you know, just as we saw with Roberto Martinez eventually reverting to type, are we witnessing a, a reversion to the Deitch ball mean here? Because I mean, fans are not going to be able to put up with much more of what they saw against Palace. You use the word simple there, but it, at times it was so simple that it looked difficult. And <laughs> I think seeing it, I mean, from my seat, if, if we just look at the right flank alone, um, I know we expect things in the modern world to be fast. You know, we want our food fast. We want we want to skip the ads. We want things to be quick. And maybe <laughs> yeah. we're used to watching higher quality fare on television or even, I don't know, computer games where things look impossibly quick. But seeing Ashley Young move in the flesh um, down, down, down the right <laughs> flank in a Premier League football game. And, and then worryingly as well, you mentioned it as well, Paul, Dwight McNeil on the other flank, who presumably what they're doing at Finch Farm is making him run through treacle hours at a time <laughs> because yeah. he looked shattered. He looked absolutely exhausted from, from, from minute go. And having that lack of pace out wide, again, against a side who are patched up, who are, who have found a way to kind of try and keep themselves pretty solid. When you've got no pace, then what do you do when you've got a midfielder that doesn't want to mm-hmm. grab hold of a game, which presumably they've, they've been kind of told to do. They've been told to be pretty cautious on the ball then that's what you're going to get. And Calvert-Lewin, yeah, he, he worked hard on his own. At times he was the only sort of one either chasing down a terrible lost cause of a ball. I think at one point in the second half, he sort of made a bit of a barreling run down the left-hand flank. But then you realise, well, the exact person you want in the middle is way out on the left flank. So there's suddenly no focal point anymore. And he was, he was really having to kind of feed off. It would be generous to call them scraps. So all all of this comes from a manager. Now, do we get the positives of that? Yes, I guess we, we get set-piece goals and we don't look as likely to concede as we did, certainly under uh, recent managers, um, Lampard being the sort of obvious recent one. We look more solid, yes. Um, and would the table feel a lot more relaxing were we 10 points better off? Yes, of course it would. So that does seep in. I'm, I'm not in that fear factor stage that I have been um, say this time last year or, or the season before and certainly coming out the ground I wasn't thinking oh wow we're, we're staring down the barrel of a gun again but you're right to flag up the style of play because at, at some point something has to give there I mean 15 shots on on goal sounds great but no nobody coming out of that, out of the ground on Monday is thinking wow we, we had 15 really good chances there and played some top stuff like it, it would be generous to call a lot of those chances as well so I'd hope with a fitter decore who although rusty added a little something in terms of some of the touches he showed yeah and and I think with a restored Harrison out wide or, or someone out wide because surely it cannot be Ashley Young out wide that's one of those that's where you, you you're right to draw those comparisons with a Martinez, with a Moyes, where stubbornness starts to creep in mm-hmm. with a manager. Yeah. The fact that Ashley Young emerged in the second half at all, or, or, or that we essentially remained in the same shape, was was kind of <laughs> you could feel the sort of, but not 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 shock, but just the rumbling discontent as uh, as we saw no no board go up on on 45 minutes, and I think that that is worrying, but. I think we've all as well got that kind of realisation that, okay, yes, we're in a difficult moment on and off the pitch. So this very kids' gloves approach that Deitch takes isn't the the biggest problem that we face right now, put it that way. But if if we were 10 points better off and we were playing like that, I don't know. 
that, that's counterintuitive, isn't it? Because we'd be ten points better off. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it was it was crap, wasn't it, Paul? <laughs> agree with me, how crap it, it was. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> that's one of the many, many words from the from the thesaurus I could use to describe it. Definitely, Adam. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> yeah. Me go back to what you said there, Adam. I, I think you're right to raise you know, the the one positive from from Dyche's tenure at the moment is the massive improvements in our defence because you know, we've got the fourth best defence in the Premier League. The only three teams who can see the Leicester are Arsenal, Man City, Liverpool. So there's been a huge improvement there compared to the Lampard days where routinely we lose four or five nil. And quite often you watch Everson games and you don't feel too concerned we're gonna you know we're gonna give too many goals away. Now, the last two games um, at home it's a wonder goal from Ayu, it's a wonder goal from Richardo so you can't mm. really legislate for. Yeah. But it boils back down to the question of balance as well, doesn't it? At some stage Okay, you know, Dice's strategy might be the one to draw our way to safety, which might work. I, I don't know. But uh, at some stage, you've got to be a bit more creative. At some, t- so at some stage, you've got to offer the fans a bit more, uh, particularly at home, because we've won three home games all season. Now, you look at our remaining fixtures, our home form is the key to survival this season. If you can win out those remaining home games, then we're going to you know, pull well clear, well clear of the bottom three. Let's hope it works out that way. But I think um, the lack of creativity really frustrates me at times at the moment. And I know he's got lack, lack of options there. The other week, Linda, we talked about Chimisi. We paid £13 million for this guy. And he's on the bench week in, week out. But you know, if we, if we paid that amount of money for him, surely we must have seen something in him that he, you know, he could offer the team. I still defa- I'm still baffled why Dobbin doesn't get a look in. As you said before, if Dobbin and Patterson were starting the right flank, it would have given Palace something else to think about. So I think you know, Dyke can sometimes be a victim of his own uber caution, so to speak, that he, he kind of approaches the game from the point of we're not going to lose it. If we stay at nil-nil, we might sneak something from the set, for set piece, which you know, might have delighted the purest of turf more. But I think at Goodison Park, <laughs> we, we're kind of used to a, a higher aspiration, higher standards of football. And I think that's where the frustration spilled over on Monday evening. I think you're right, well, Adam. You know, the, if, we, if we had now those points deducted, then, OK, it would have been a... An, an uninspiring performance on Monday, but I don't think we would have quite got the same reaction because we wouldn't have been fighting relegation. And I think the whole uncertainty over are we getting points back? Are we getting points back? It, it I think it's finally getting through to the team now. And you know, no other team in Premier League history has had to go through a season with this weight on their shoulders of this this ten point deduction and not knowing if it's going to be rescinded, some points given back, or, or not changed whatsoever. And after a while, no matter how mentally strong you are, no matter how resilient you are, that is going to have an impact on performance. And I know James Garner kind of drew criticism in some quarters for his comments after the game, but I think he was right to say that because regardless, it's not our fault about the 10 points taken off by the Premier League. You know, the players haven't deserved those 10 points taken off them. So we do kind of have to stick together. But yeah, the lack of creativity, <clears throat> it, it, you know, I don't think if Dice is here next season, we can't get away with that style of football again next season. I don't. I don't think the fans will put up with that for the third season. And it's where the creative where the creativity comes from. I don't know, and how it fits in into Dice's team plan. I don't know because you look at Gomez, who's probably been on his few appearances our most creative player, but he's got no pace whatsoever. Yeah. So you don't quite see where he fits into a Dice system here. So yeah, it's a it's a a hugely um, concerning performance on Monday night, but as you said, Adam, we got a point out at the end. Okay, you know, we haven't won any of the last eight games, but we've only lost three of them, so you, you can kind of make it out of way. But at some point, Calvin's got to start scoring goals again, and as you said as well, Adam, there before, he's not going to score goals on the left wing. I think when Ancelotti took charge of Everson, the first thing he said to Calvin was, stay in the penalty area. And I just wish maybe he'd have that instruction now at Everton because that's where he's most effective rather than chasing down long balls on the flanks. <laughs> the problem with that is that if, if he just stayed between the, to the, between the posts, he'd never get <laughs> the ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Paul Trails just dropped in. Um, Adam summed up Monday night with a one-word <laughs> summation, the word shite. Uh, any, any advance on that adjective? <laughs> oh, God. In one word? <laughs> oh. Oh, that. Perplexing, I don't know. Um, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a bit rubbish, wasn't it? Um, I mean, one thing is, it was a poor performance. It was one of the poor performances, really, in the in the whole season, really, wasn't it? I think on the on the, on the face of it, but 
still quite a lot of chances despite that at the game it didn't really feel like it at the time but looking back there was actually quite a you know quite a number of, of, of good chances to win that game and I said before, you know, we we, we seldom seem to be that team who can just play a bit crap and win. Yeah, you know I mean, it, it never sort of seems to happen for us. Certainly, certainly not at the moment, anyway. So, I think he got it wrong in terms of. I don't even I mean, the effort, and that was all there. I, I, I just think he got it wrong in terms of in terms of uh, the the personnel. I think um, I think Paul's probably saying a bit of that then, but. Yeah. The right side, you're not you're not getting a lot of creativity from there. But I, I just thought like throughout we just needed the best footballers on the pitch because I think Crystal Palace are probably a bit more technically good than we than we'd care to give them credit for. I thought yeah, they're, they're not too bad at moving the ball around even without their best players. And I was I was amazed on honor didn't start. I don't know if there was still some um I don't know, he's obviously trying to phase him back from, from injury or whatnot. I, I don't know. I was Really surprised and disappointed that Anana didn't start the game. You saw the impact he made when he came on, and I thought at Man City the other week too. Um, and I thought, like, well, if you're really struggling to, to, to decide who to play in their midfield too, of um, because obviously the core the core they played. If you if you're struggling to decide who to who to who to play between Anana, Gay, and and James Garner. I don't see why you couldn't just play Garner out on the right, really, there. Because I think he's like he's, he's going to give you the same work rate as Harrison anyway, who, who obviously dropped out. And um, better use of the ball, um, good tenacity. You know, I, I don't really, and you know, just a bit more nouse on the ball, really. So I don't think it would have been too bad a call just to do that because you're not, you know, you know what we're getting. I think Young, I'm not saying he should never start any games, but I think his role at his age, coming back from injury as well, it's, it, he should be coming on. 20 minutes to go to try and shore games up I think not yeah. you know you know, to be all out and out right side of the tack you know what I mean and you're not really you get the odd surge forwards when Ben Coffey you know wants a game or so but you know you're not I think Ben's done quite well since he's been in the team the last few games generally but again you're not really getting you know are, are you going to get assists are you going to get you know is it going to get goal contributions from Ben I don't think so really you know what I mean so if, if you got if you're going to have Ben there I think you certainly need so many more Creative than Ashley Young ahead of him. Um, I'm not saying Garner has the answer there as such, but I think he's get he's given you more than the other two would. Or play Havison. Yeah, you know I mean, but I think you've got to be a, make a bolder decision in the middle there. Uh, Anana has to play. It he is to be starting games. He's he's he's, the, he's probably the the one player we've got who, when the ball's coming to me, knows what he's going to do with it next. You know, I mean, he's he, he's a couple of steps ahead all the time, and he he has to be given games. I, I hope, you know. I hope that, well, I obviously hope it wasn't an injury, but in, in a kind of way, I hope you can kind of justify it with like, he's not quite ready to start yet again. Because if that was a sort of tactical decision not to play him, then I'm, I'm flummoxed by that because surely he did, especially home to Crystal Palace, it's got to be recognised that he's 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 our, he's our best footballer out there <laughs> and our best tackler probably. <laughs> I mean, so, he's, so he should probably be there anyway. So that was my biggest, uh, biggest frustration was uh, Onana not starting the game. Yeah, I mean, we made, we made you know all those points uh, earlier, and and I sort of made the point that against that kind of opposition, you've got to surely go with someone with a bit more about them, like a Nathan Patterson could play that right wing role, or Lewis Dobbin could play on the other flank, because obviously Dwight McNeil's been um, been been struggling. Jacore obviously way off being fully fit, which is given how important he is to the team it's it's understandable that didn't things didn't really quite click in the attack the way that we want them to you know hopefully going forward and with memories of of our next opponents and what we did there last last year fresh in the mind you know hopefully he can he can start to be what be that sort of missing piece again once he's fully fit i mean talk about ben godfrey i mean i don't like center house playing a fullback again especially against the team you know an opponent with so few threats as palace had um, but I thought he was actually one of the better performers on the day. But again, we don't have over we don't have overlapping fullbacks at the best of times, and Ben Godfrey is not an overlapping fullback. And just talking about some of the individual performances, you know, apart from his incessant long balls, I thought Tarkowski was his usual impressive self at the back. Um, aside from that unfortunate mistake, which led to the goal, you know, Anand obviously made a real difference, and I agree, Paul. He has to start. I'm going to give. Deitch the benefit of the doubt and say that he you know that, that he didn't feel Anana was Deitch fit in quotes you know mm. to to start the game but I think if he's fit enough you know to, to be on the bench then I think he needs to come on earlier certainly I mean we were all crying out for the, the change of half time that never came which is another gripe with with Deitch is that he's just so conservative mm-hmm. 
just for once, I'd like to see him just shake things up at halftime when it's clear that it's not working. He just seems to to want to flog the same players, you know, to, to run them into the ground at the expense of, or, you know, when, when the alternative is to just try something just a little bit different. And again, this was this was the match to do it in. This was the the opposition to do it again. I mean, you know, Ashley Young playing out on the wing against Manchester City with all the, you know, the defensive um, attributes that he brings or the experience he brings. I'm fine with that. You know, we, that was that's not a game we're going to win. This one was one that we really needed to win, um, you know, purely from a psychological perspective. I, again, as, as I said earlier, I thought Calvert Loon did did actually really really well. Did as well as he could leading the line. Uh, Gay, just a Gay was fine, but I think in the middle we needed someone a bit more forward thinking, like Onana in there. Um, and there wasn't really a lot to admire otherwise, as we've said. McNeil is just completely off it right now. I think, as we said on the last podcast, perhaps you know the, what what's going on with his girlfriend is is clearly just having a taking a toll. He he was probably the one that needed a rest more so than than Jack Harrison. Again, think thinking back to to the. the Last time we played Brighton down on the south coast, you know, McNeil was obviously the star of the show down there. I can't see the same Dwight McNeil being on the pitch at, at the MX Community Stadium this weekend because he's just he just look, looks in a completely different place. So, yeah, it's a uh, it's a worry. It's it's definitely a worry. And, and I, I think the, the point that I the question that I asked the uh, Adam and Paul M earlier, Paul Trail, was that. Uh, are we sort of seeing Deitch reverting to the mean, reverting to sort of his old kind of Deitch ball ways in, in the way that we saw Roberto Martinez eventually kind of revert back to the to the stereoty- stereotypical ways that his teams played before he came to us? I don't know if we... I, I, I don't really know. I mean, it's the first time I guess he's had sort of anything like a sort of full complement of players available to go yeah. for and players coming back. I, I don't know. I mean, football's fun. I mean, I'd, I'd probably pull it back. Has he ever really moved away from that, that from, from that style? I think it's all, you know, while um, a lot of the wins that we had, I mean, you know, we, we loved them all. They were, you know, the, but even like the Newcastle one, which you won for nil, it was, it was late goals. It was, it was, it was, a, it was a tight game until then, you know I mean? It's, um, I think it's it, it's kind of always been quite percentage football throughout. Really, I think it's been the the number of games throughout December and January take taking a and, and combined with the injuries, taking a massive hit on the squad. I think um, the the ten points deduction, not knowing what's happening with that, can't help. Um, but we've seen already this season how you know. Just, just a win can change, can change everything. And um, you know, if we get, if we go to Brighton and win, and then you know, follow that up with West Ham at home, and you know, I mean, and just it can, it can, it can change very, very quickly. So I don't, I don't see a big need to, to sort of panic on, on the, on the way he's doing things at the moment, Sean. I think he's got the players behind him. I think is that, and that, that's an important thing. I think the, the real drop off we saw under Frank Lampard and Rafa Benitez was clearly the players weren't, weren't, weren't playing for them. They weren't, they weren't. Uh, in line with with what what they were being told, and you know, we're not seeing that. I don't think from the players. Um, so yeah, stick with them. Stick yeah, stick with that again. He's, he hasn't really had any, anything to work with still in terms of sort of budget or transfer windows or anything like that. Really, he hasn't really had an opportunity to to hone his squad. Um, and I don't really see what we can what we can do otherwise. Really, we can. Um, I know you're not advocating for change, Linda. I know, I know that's not what you're saying, but. I just think we kind of got to get behind it at this point because, you know, I, I, I just think adding another factor of adding more pressure on the manager, adding more pressure on the players, a bit like what James Garner was kind of saying a little bit the other day, like it or not, it's not helpful right now. You know what I mean? And um, we're not yeah. in a position where we can afford <laughs> afford to, to, you know, to be changing manager now in terms of where we are on the table and stuff like that, you know? So, um, I just think we've got to stick, stick with it, stick with what he's doing and, um, I think the time to judge him is perhaps at some point into next season. I assume we're still in the league, and I think as Paul was saying, caught the end of it before. If we're still at that point of just like, well, this football's kind of the same now, and we're sort of like, you know, it's um, once he signed a few players and once he's better, then 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 okay. But we not really opportunity to make to make any gains in the transfer window. It's it's, it's always going to be tough to sort of to change if you've only got them same players, you know. So I think he's got to go with what he's what he knows really because. He knows and trusts a lot of them players now, so um, I don't see how he's got much choice but to go with with what he what he's comfortable with, really. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it was very much a devil's advocate kind of question because I think you know of all the factors we've already mentioned, you know, he hasn't had any any ability to to add to the team in terms of the transfer market. We've obviously got we've had injuries. We've got a very small squad to begin with. We've got this again the the circumstances around the ten point deduction weighing on everybody. Uh, I think that uh, my worry is that, and I'm remembering Carlo Ancelotti's struggles in this regard and remembering Frank Lampard's in this regard, we kind of get into a bit of a cycle at home where there's this, this vicious cycle of, of the pressure from the fans to play a certain way and get the results that we need, weighing on the players so they're unable to to perform at all. And as Paul M said earlier, our home form, our home fixtures are going to be the key to survival. At some point, we've got to start winning football matches. And my my grave concern from Monday was that we t- they looked lost. They looked like they did not know how to go about it, apart from just sling it into the box, uh, or you know, winning a set piece. I mean, <laughs> at one point, it, it, there was a, a situation where I think uh, I think it was McNeil who could have kept going on down the line, and in the end, he just sort of ended up playing for the foul because you know our greatest, our best chances are all coming from from dead ball situations right now. Um, you've got to in the Premier League. You've got to have more about you. You've got to have more in your arsenal. Um, so that's my concern. My concern now is how do you get back? How does Deitch, particularly someone who focuses so, so much on on mentality and 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 that side of the game, is how does he get get these players focused back on actually having the confidence to play the way that they need to play against certain teams they're going to be facing in the coming weeks. I, th- I think he's shown at certain times and in certain areas of a pitch that he can change it up. And Godfrey's a good example of that. And I, I agree with you, Lynn. I thought he, he was probably one of our better players on Monday night. Mm. Um, he he had, yeah, the customary kind of barreling run that he does and gets forward, a bit of a long-busting <laughs> run. He, he looks um, like he can challenge a bit more in the air and he, he looks better for a consistent run of games. And that's great. That's it's not the ideal solution, but it's it's a better solution maybe than uh, what we were trying to work with before in that in that area of the pitch. But then it's the stubbornness and the insistence on playing certain others. That's that's what worries me a little bit um, because you mentioned McNeil. You could you could quite quite happily say, well, to be fair, McNeil created our best opportunities in the game with his deliveries, which he did. Mm. Um, but I think he would have been far more effective maybe coming off the bench for the last 20, 25 minutes with some, someone else starting that game. Um, because as I, as I mentioned, he, he looked he looked tired. I know that's an area of the pitch where we're not blessed with as many options as, as we have in others, but um, he, he he looked tired. I mean, yeah, we, we've already mentioned the Ash, Ashley Young kind of fiasco playing in that position. It's it, it doesn't work. We've got plenty of empirical evidence now that it, it definitely categorically does not work. So that's that's where I'd hope to see a bit of change in the Brighton game. And and I think the other thing that we've obviously mentioned is yes, a fully a fully fit Anana walks into most sides above us, I'd say. He's he's on his day a very, very good player and, and has room to improve. So I think Anana starting games is a must. And I think a fit decore creates something, has that unpredictability that we probably need in the side it's just it's making the other pieces fit and and also playing to some of the strengths we've got because just because Calvert-Lewin's a big guy who wins a ball in the air doesn't mean we need to spend the first 45-50 minutes trying to hit him on the diagonal every single time because it, it, it clearly wasn't working and that's that's the stubbornness that's that's what I'd like to see I'd like to see us try and approach the game a little bit differently against Brighton because Hey, that's what we did last time, and it it worked a treat. Um, five one would do very nicely, but if if Deitch wants to do exactly <laughs> the same just... thing, and we win one nil, <laughs> also also more than yeah. that as well. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's good points there, Evan, as well. And I think it's going to be quite an intriguing contest on Saturday because Brighton are going to be play a far more open style of football than what Crystal Palace did. So, by by definition, we should therefore have more space to exploit. So I suppose the question throws back on Deitch's tactics for this game. So, you know, if when the team is announced, you see that Ashley Young is playing again, well, I think straight away you're thinking, oh, you know, we're, we're, we're going for a defensive 
Cecil Pierre, which I don't think is the way to do against Brighton. I think Brighton are the type of team you, you can actually take advantage of the space that they give you and and try and you know, reap some reward from that. Uh, yeah, Dwight McNeil, Adam, it's a really interesting point. If this was NFL, you'd be just on for the set pieces at the moment, wouldn't you? But it's not NFL, so so, so we can't do that. But, Special teams. <laughs> and and as, much as, I, as much as I criticise them on Monday evening, the delivery for that corner for Onana's goal, you, you could not have hit a better corner. It was absolutely yeah. superb. It was just waiting to be met with the headers at the back of the net. So even but I think they've got to look at some way of easing McNeil's burden. Now, you know, whether Patterson comes in as does a lot so whether Michalenko offers a lot more support on the left hand side to to help McNeil there or not, I I'm not quite sure. But he he looks absolutely worn out at the moment and, and I don't there were a couple of times in the second half where, you know, as you said, he was going forward and then just kind of looked to get a free kick because he didn't have the energy to push on. Um, we, we know that Dyche doesn't like to gamble, particularly. So I, I can't see him making any huge changes this game. Uh, I think Onana has to come back in. Totally agree with what Paul said there before. He, he's, our, he's our biggest threat in midfield. And I don't think Garner... And Gay works in midfield because Garner doesn't have pace. Onana has pace. He he, he can be co- he can be covered and get back into position. And Onana and Garner Gay is a far better midfield combination for me. Hopefully, Decore is closer to full match fitness by the game on Saturday as well, which might give us another option. Uh, I, I worry about the fact we played on the Monday night. Uh, so Brighton have one more day's recover than us. Uh, long journey down south as well. And at this stage, I, I would happily. I'd be delighted with a one 0 last minute winner from a call. Okay, I also wouldn't be hugely upset with with a with a draw down there, Brighton as well. But at some stage, two things have got to happen. After they want, we've got to start winning again. Two, Cavaloon's got to start scoring again. It will happen at some stage, but the longer it goes on, the pressure is ramped up. And I also hope that before Saturday, we have a decision from the appeal panel as to where we are. Because at the moment, we're kind of stumbling around in the dark. We don't know what our situation is. And the longer the situation goes on, that does not help our team in any shape, form whatsoever. Oh, Andy's dropped in. We've got a full house. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, we're just actually about to move on to the Brighton game, but, but it... Uh, it would be remiss not to allow you, Andy, to have to offer your thoughts on the on what we, what we witnessed on Monday. Which, we just um, said how good it we, was. We've had some certain adjectives. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, was, it was a classic. <laughs> I thought the DVD was so good. Thank you. What a treat to be able to share my views with you. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I, I, I realize I'm probably repeating a lot of what you've said, but um, it goes along the same lines of what. Ivan, we've been saying for a good month or so, um, it's pitiful with the ball, isn't it? It really is. Um, again, I think we look great without it. Um, but when we get it, I, 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 I really can't see what the plan is. Um, I can't see that there is a plan. And if there is a plan, I'm, I'm, the players are not executing it. Um, do you know, the other, the other night, and I, I don't really want to mention his name too much on this podcast, but the, the, the other night, my mind went back to the early days of Rafa Benitez. And what was clear when he first came in, that he was getting us to cross the ball. The whole system was crossing the ball and he had Calvert-Lewin fit and he had Richarlison fit at the time. And there was a clear plan. It wasn't very nice, but there was a clear plan. And you could tell when we got into crossing positions that everybody around the ball or anybody in the box knew what was going to happen. But even that at the moment, we, we, we put brilliant balls in the box, but it feels like nobody is anticipating that there's going to be a ball in the box. Um, so to be kind of <laughs> dipping down to, uh, well, even parts of Benitez look better than this with the ball is um, it's probably just shows. I mean, it's one of the most frustrating games of football I've ever watched um, because Palace weren't great. Um, in fact, I thought they were quite, quite poor, really. Um, they've got their three best players out and yet we play like that. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm repeating, but um, it was just such a frustrating watch and it, it, it brought it home to me as I kind of put on, social media last night it brought it home to me the overall effect of this this deduction and the appeal not being announced yet in terms of the result 
Um, it's affecting us. It's affecting the fans. It's affecting teams that play us. It's affecting other games now because they don't know wh- where they are in the league either. It is just a royal mess. Um, and I think that played out almost to a perfect storm. Well, it was almost perfect storm because we didn't we didn't lose the game in the end, but it, it was almost a perfect storm the other night of all this frustration, not only what's going on in front of you, but what's going on elsewhere or not going on elsewhere. And I just think, you know, we need clarity. We need, even if it's bad news, we need news um, because otherwise this is just going to drag on. And as I said on X last night, if we were in 12th and 10 points ahead of the, the drop zone, another point in the bag. Okay, didn't play well, didn't lose the game, move on. But it just feels so much worse than that. Yeah, it does. We could we could potentially feel nine of the eleven players who played in the five one win at Brighton last season, and Patterson was among them. I might add. Obviously, Wobie and Amina have gone. Swap Onana for Gay, and you arguably have a better starting eleven than a year ago. But we just seem to be a world away from that kind of display. And it just just watching Monday, as I say, as I said earlier, it just seems to be psychologically in a completely, completely different place. So it, there's a lot of work for, for Deitch to obviously do in, 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 on a shorter week. But uh, as we've said, we, we've already gone down there within the last year and put on a really great performance and come away with a, with a stunning victory. Is it too much to expect that we'll come away with anything from Saturday, given how low the confidence is in the team? Oh, why not? I mean, um, we're lacking confidence, um, and and that's the thing. When you're losing, when you lost your confidence, it, it's it's quite difficult to get it back, and it comes from that from that Calvert Lewin goal or somebody like, a bit like you did at Brighton away last season when everything just kind of kind of came together. Yeah, football's funny. These ones happen. Yeah, you know I mean, I'm, I'm in a sticky spell at the moment. Again, not losing that many of them, fighting. You know, we're picking up points here and there. Sooner or later, and that's how football works. You've all seen it enough times. You know, you win one, whether you deserve it or not. It, you know, it, it, it just, it just goes in for you. I remember like this time last season. We were saying, uh, the guy said, "Oh, we're going to get a surprise win at Brighton," <laughs> and then we're all, uh, yeah. uh, we'll, uh, well, uh, whatever else we did. Uh, we, uh, say it again, say it again, say it again. <laughs> surprise win at Brighton. Well, a, a draw at Wolves and beat Bournemouth, and that was enough, was it? <laughs> but not there yet. <laughs> but it's easy. Yeah, wasn't I don't it? See what, yeah, I don't see why we can't go and get some get get something there. Brighton hammered Sheffield United the other week. Um, they're doing okay at the moment, but they're not doing great. Are they? I don't think they're the Brighton to be feared of the time of of, of the, when we went there last season and won five one. You know, what I mean, I, I think I could see the game being quite similar to the home game. Actually, doesn't mean that we're necessarily going to. You know, Mikalenko is going to flash one in quite early, and uh, uh, but I could see it being very much like. Um, I enjoyed watching that game. It felt like a bit of a game of chess almost because like they did, you know the way the way they attacks. And keep the ball was very, very good. And we, we just had this very controlled unit defensively. So we can get an early goal, it'll certainly help us. So yeah, I think I think I think we'll do okay. I think we'll uh, I think we'll come away with something there. I'm I'm not brave enough to say what, but I I don't think we'll get beat there. I think the um I think they, they, they seem to respond quite well to setbacks. And I think that, while they won't say it publicly, I think the players, Tarkovsky and et al, will, will see that as a little bit of a setback on Monday. I think they'll have them, you know, have them fighting and ready. I really hope Anon is into that midfield. In terms of Dwight McNeil, I think similar to the rest of the team. I mean, I know we've referenced sort of like, oh, is, is our personal factors an issue there? We, we don't really know. And But what, 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 one thing that is clear to me, again, he's lacking confidence and, We've seen what a what a difference it can make to Dwight when he does score a goal, and how much of a better player he just he just elevates big time. Yeah, you know I mean, if he can get a goal, if he can get an ESL or put on a you know a, a great ball in from open player, yeah, you know, I mean, we need that feisty Dwight back, don't we? You know, he's like you know he's he's, he's got that aggression, and um, I feel that will come once we get a goal. The Corley's back in there, you know. I think you know sooner or later, whether we deserve it or not, something will break for us, and and you know. It might not necessarily be this weekend, but it'll happen. It just, I, I just say it as inconceivable. I don't think we've played bad enough in, in in all these games to be in this position where we haven't won in in X amount now. You know what I mean? So something's got to go sooner or later, and that and that happens. 
you pick up again. You know what I mean? And it's um, so, and yeah, and uh, whatever happens with the with the points deduction, I feel that gives us a shot on the arm as well. If that even if that's a case of like you're getting your ten points, you know what I mean? I think you, you might get that little bit of a siege mentality again. Then like like let's roll the sleeves up here. This is it's us against them. Similarly, if you get some, you know, four, five, six, ten points back, you know what I mean the, the the players are just you know galloping a bit more. Then you know what I mean I, I, I can see that making a big difference too. So um, and that should surely you'd think come before Saturday. So um, yeah, I'm a bit more optimistic than most. I think. I am now. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You 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 won't be over. <laughs> yeah, but but I mean. Um, I think, as you indicated there as well, but it's about momentum with Everton. We said we're on a bit of a streak at the moment where we're not winning matches, and that's got to end at some stage. I'm probably in a minority here, but I keep looking back to that League Cup quarterfinal against Fulham when Onana steps up to score and put us in the semi-final. At that point, we're on a run of four games without defeat. We haven't conceded the goal in four games. We're on a chance of making the League Cup semi-final. The place is buoyant. Everyone's behind the team. And since that penalty miss, we haven't won a game. And the whole momentum that it kind of built up kind of evaporated a little slowly, slowly, slowly after that particular penalty miss. And uh, it will come back. You're right. It has to come back. And the good thing is we're not losing games. We're, we're always in the game. And even at Man City, OK, we lost 2-0, but we were always in the game, for, certainly for at least 70 minutes or so. And uh, the point about Dwight McNeil is really interesting, he said there, Paul, because... Thinking back to when he's on peak form this season, a number of times you cut him from the wing and run at defences and they were hit shots from the edge of the penalty. I've not seen him do that now for about seven, eight, nine games. And him to get back into that, you know, where he, he's not just on the wings, he plays behind the attack and creates opportunities. It would also make a big difference for us as well. But you've won, you've won me over, Paul. I think we've got to win on Saturday now. <laughs> My work is done. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you spoke about a shot in the arm, Paul. You've, you've just given us all one. That's uh, inject, inject that optimism into my veins. But um, I think I think Decore is really important to that to that as well. Um, to giving that space and occupying defenders, and hopefully allowing someone like McNeil to be a bit more expressive. Um, and he's he's obviously been missing for a lot of this a lot of this kind of barren spell. So that that does bring me confidence, albeit he. Clearly wasn't fully fit on Monday, and I doubt he's going to be as sharp as we'd like him to be. Um, but yeah, let's let's let's. You're right. Let's try and be positive. I think it's it's we are staying in games, as you mentioned. And Brighton, yes, on the day can score a lot of goals. They did against Sheffield United, but they're also a side that concedes goals. And we know that on the whole, if we score first, there's a chance for. We, we we could we could cause them some problems, and I think you mentioned earlier, Paul, and um, the uh, the fact that they do give you that space to do so. So hopefully we can take advantage of that, and hopefully that means at the very least, as well as someone like Anana coming in in the middle of the park, we do have that extra option out wide on the right, and and, and, try, and try and pose them a few questions. And the only way that Dwight um, McNeil, well, uh, hopefully Dwight McNeil scores well, but the only way that Dominic Calvert-Lewin is going to score is if we keep giving him chances. I, I think the two chances that he missed on Monday, they weren't clear-cut. The first ball was pretty behind him. The second was a tricky header than maybe it appeared, certainly from the game. Watching it back, it's it's a, it's a difficult chance. And I think if we continue to make opportunities for him, whether that's from set pieces or hopefully a bit more from open play, he will get his goal. And I think he's another player who, when that first goal goes in, when that first positive moment happens... It hopefully again starts that bit of consistency, that bit of momentum. So, would I take a point? Absolutely. Would I take three? Yes, please. Am I going to be surprised? I don't know. But what do you think, Andy? <laughs> Tough game. Uh, I can see that Brighton haven't lost at home since the was it their first home? No, second home game of the season against West Ham. So that they are that's in the Premier League anyway. Um, so they have got a good record at home, but we were saying like the goals in their games, they've, you know, the last few you look through 5-0-2-1-4-1-4-0-5-2-4-2. You know, there's a lot of goals in Brighton games. Um, and we've proven on the road, at least, that our plan, if if I'm, I'm maintaining the fact there is one, uh, certainly works much <laughs> better on the road. 
Um, it just allows us to sit in and allow a team like Brighton to come forward. And there will be gaps. We know there will be gaps because we saw them last season. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I'm more it's strange, isn't it? At the moment, I feel more confident going away to Brighton than I did at home beating Palace. I just, you know, and I think that's how the players feel. To be honest, you can you can probably see that translate onto the pitch. I, I, I'm not not too not too stressed by the Brighton game. Where the Palace game all weekend, I was kind of just thinking, oh, come on, Evan, come on, Everton Monday, come on, and it just kind of yeah, it had a sense of foreboding about that game. But away to Brighton, yeah, I'm far more confident that we'll get something. Funnily enough. Um, and as you say, if we can get Onana back in the team, we thought made a big difference when he came on um, and hopefully have Harrison back. And this is me saying bring Harrison back, which um, um, <laughs> is something. Um, but it, I think he just offers so much more um, attacking wise than, than Young does. Um, then, yeah, why not? I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm on the trail bus. I'm, I'm going for it. <laughs> the trail, trail. I like that. <laughs> Trail, trail. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the key things is our away form. You know, we've been very good away from home because of the way that, you know, we're set up to, to not concede. The problem is that where before we were nicking goals away from home, the, the goals are obviously the, the, the big problem right now. So, you know, it's going to, if that continues, then we're going to have to try and ground out another nil-nil, which I think at this point we'd all take. I'd be surprised because given, obviously, Brighton's potency and the fact that, as we've said, there will be, there will be opportunities for us to counterattack. It's just whether we have the legs to do so right now. Is it? A lot of the players look very, very leggy. Um, so maybe we'll take a different approach. But uh, yeah, we'll have to. We'll have to see. Um, I don't think there's anything to say about the appeal at this point. Everything's been said. We're just waiting. I can't believe it's taken this long. Uh, I, I, I suspect that they will. Um, they will announce it again on Friday afternoon and then run for the hills, turn off all their phones. <laughs> the Premier League officials will just turn off their phones and uh, and go into their bunkers and leave us to uh, either gnash our teeth or I don't know. I can't see us getting all 10 points back. I think that, that that's, that's pie in the sky. Anything that we get would be a bonus, obviously. Anything would be a, would be a shot in the arm. But um, just before we sign off, uh, Paul M, you were at Goodison to see uh, Seamus Coleman awarded the Dixie Dean Memorial Award at an event by the stage by the Heritage Society. That looked like a really nice evening. Yeah, it was a really uplifting event. It was good to see Seamus getting the recognition he deserves as loyal service to the club as well. Great guy, great ambassador for the club, and you know, <clears throat> he's. He spoke to he spoke to the you know, to the audience there. He's he's really positive about you know even we don't get any points back, we've got enough in the team to stay up. He's convincing he's convinced the team's good enough to avoid getting close up into the bottom three again. So it was a really uplifting experience, and it was great to pay tribute to a player who, let's face it, could have easily moved to another club and last you know, any time during his Everton career because he's such an outstanding full back, and it's good to have somebody there to pay tribute to, who just sums up the ethos of the club. Now, if we had a team of 11 Seamus Coleman's, we'd be pushing for Champions League places every year. Yeah. Superb ambassador of the club. Fantastic captain of the club as well. And Sean Dyson must be so pleased you've got Seamus Coleman there under his command. It's just a pity age and injuries are catch up with him because we're top of the right, the right back spot. And it always boils down to the fact that we'd never, ever found a replacement for Seamus Coleman in all these years and under successive managers. If he is fit for the final six, seven, eight games of the season, that is going to be a massive plus to our chances this season as well. Boy, all around great guy. He does every tribute that he got. And also, uh, for those old enough to remember, Derek Temple, who scored the winning goal in the 1966 World Cup final. He's 82 now. He was there at the event as well. He was as lucid and on the ball as ever. And it was just great to be in the company of, of, of someone who is, and totally justifies the term, an Everton legend. Lovely. Great way to end it. We'll wrap it up there. Many thanks to Adam, the two Pauls, and Andy. If you're making the long trek to the South Coast on Saturday, safe travels. And we hope your dedication is rewarded with the spirited performance, at least from the lads. Three points would be marvellous, but of course one would do. Until next time, Blues, thanks for listening. And up the toffees.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 